Hello, hello, and welcome to The Fruitful Life with Andrea Thompson. Y'all, I'm so excited about this episode today. I've just been getting just so much love from the Lord in the realm of the spirit. And as y'all know, I always want to share the overflow of my heart with you. Y'all, I am thoroughly convinced that uh, we don't understand what walking in the realm of the spirit is. I'm thankful that in the church today, as it stands, that we have learned how to walk in the realm of the spirit pertaining to warfare and, and things of that nature. But I am a person who the Lord has given such this precious gift of a passion and a zeal for order that we would understand the the scales of God, the balances of God, that yes, there are things that he would have us to have in our arsenal and even to understand. Uh, but there are also things that are weightier that come first pertaining to the heart of God. Now, they look smaller and more insignificant and even more subtle. But y'all, can I encourage you? Can I just encourage you today that these smaller, seemingly more insignificant things carry more weight in the realm of the spirit? And so today I just want to encourage you because I've been spending all this time in the secret place with the Lord and I'm just learning his ways, y'all. I'm learning his ways I'm literally sitting at the feet of Jesus like Mary did, choosing the good portion. And I'm just learning so many things. I'm learning how to slow down, how to reset back into the design of God. I'm not doing anything. I'm learning how to be. And I'm fully convinced, guys, that we have learned how to do before we learned how to be. And that is literally like a baby going off and driving a car. That makes entirely no sense because a baby cannot do that. No one would ever believe such a thing in the natural realm. Why would we ever believe in the design of God that he would have us to do before he would have us to be? Because the perfect gift of salvation, y'all, in and of itself was designed without works. We could never be saved by works. We are aware of this because of the cost. We could never even pay the cost. There's nothing we could do to earn it. It's the very same thing with the design of God for how we are to produce fruit for the kingdom of God. So many things I want to say. So many things for I'm overwhelmed, y'all. I am overwhelmed in such a, a beautiful way today. I'm reminded of of, uh, uh, the mustard seed, how Jesus would say, what can I liken the kingdom to so many times? And one of the things that he said was uh, a mustard seed. You know, and a lot of us miss a lot of the richness of the word of God because we have no idea uh, the culture in which Jesus was born into. And although that can, like anything in human nature, become legalistic, um, if you will just have balance with learning those things, I highly encourage learning more about Jewish culture for the purpose of of gaining that level of rich quality and and of God's infinite wisdom to have our Messiah, our King born into that culture and in that way, because we have to understand that Jesus was speaking to Jewish people. And if we will glean from that place, y'all, there's so much of a a, a beauty that that we don't get in, in Western civilization. And I said that because I learned something the other day, a precious friend of mine I went to spend time with who I haven't spent time with in a long time. And we just sat and talked about the word of God, y'all. And I could do that all day long. 
but she mentioned to me something that I actually didn't know that she learned from, from a woman who teaches from the Jewish perspective. And, and she learned that a mustard seed, uh, literally you can find it just about everywhere in Israel. Um, like it's almost like a, a, a joke that like, you know, it, anywhere you go, you can find a mustard seed, like it, a mustard seed can grow on your face kind of thing, because it's that potent that if it literally, if, and when it finds something to attach to where it can begin to grow, it grows rapidly. Almost how like, and I'm not comparing a mustard seed to weeds, but the growth of weeds, right? How quickly a process that is for them to take over like is is the understanding of a mustard seed no wonder jesus said what can i like in the kingdom of heaven too but a mustard seed who yes it is the smallest seed but it's got so much power packed in it that when it is planted right a kingdom seed planted in the soil of our hearts guys it can grow into the biggest tree and even become a place where birds can land and find their home so not only does it become, it grows rapidly, but it becomes a place where people find their home, guys, where it, it touches other people's lives. And that makes sense with the parable of the sower, where he talks about the, the word of the kingdom being the seed, which if it gets into the heart soil and has nothing coming against it, my goodness, it can produce 30, some 60, some 100 fold in the life of a Christian. And y'all, I'm just, I'm just convinced I don't even know what this episode is about because I'm so overflowing. I'm just convinced that we're missing the design of God. Since I've allowed myself to sit still and allow God to reset me, and I'm not even fully there, I am learning to walk in the spirit daily. And I know that by the time he's done with me, I will be walking with him. And I know that that's what he wanted for us because Jesus was the forerunner. Jesus walked the earth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if he's all of those things, then surely there's so much in watching how he walked and what he did and his heart posture for the father and for the father's will and all of these things that would show us what we're missing. And y'all, what's so beautiful about God is he's restoring it. He's restoring it. But we have to have ears to hear. I've been, I've been, I've been studying recently the Old Testament. And everywhere in the Old Testament, when it talks about rebellion and all these things, it's talking about how, you know, they have ears but do not hear. They have eyes but do not see. And it talked about having an uncircumcised ear. And all of that has to do with a posture for obedience. Guys, if your ears are uncircumcised, you will not hear the voice of the Lord. You will not be led of God. And I'm sorry, but even post-Jesus, the heart can be desperately wicked and deceitful. Yes, it is being renewed through the word of God and through the Holy Spirit. And, 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 but if you are not walking in that, it's not being renewed and it can absolutely deceive you. There's proof of that in Revelation where Jesus is rebuking particular churches for particular things. And Laodicea, the lukewarm church, as one that comes to mind, they were fully deceived, believing that they had it all together and that they were rich and, and all of these things. And Jesus is like, oh, no, you are poor and naked. May you, may you do this so that you can get it right. He said, for I chasten those that I love. And I'm reminded of Hebrews where the writer literally says, do not forget the exhortation which speaks to you as sons which speaks to you as sons, that he chastens those he loves. 
because it bears the peaceable fruit of righteousness, although it doesn't feel good. And do you know how many Christians we have that are walking out not being disciplined daily? Like disciplined by the Holy Spirit, not being rebuked by the Lord? If that's the case, if you're never hearing a rebuke or any level of discipline or a shift in God saying, this is the way, walk in it, you're missing it. You are an illegitimate son according to the word of God. And I know that that's not everybody's intention, but let's be honest with ourselves in how we are walking. I was literally ministering to somebody today about a circumstance that seems so normal, guys, and so insignificant, but I felt the weight of the Lord upon that circumstance that it was a moment where if we can hear from the still small voice of the Lord, it would change the trajectory of our life. How many of us are missing this in our daily lives? It can be something so simple and what seems so insignificant to us while we're chasing all the other things, all the doing. And God is like, but if you would have just listened for me in this It's literally the cave with Elijah. Remember where there was like an earthquake and then there was like this storm and fire and he was not in it. God was not in it, but we would believe that he was because we're always looking for mountaintop experiences, the above and beyond. And he was in the still small voice. I'm convinced he should be that to you before he is the fire and the earthquake and the thunder from heaven. I'm convinced of that, that we're missing the order, guys. And we're becoming a people who are chasing after the wind. May God have mercy on us, y'all, and teach us his ways. May we be a people who are willing to take a pause, to take a beat, to slow down. Do you know that hastiness is of the devil? That we would slow down and say, God, what are you doing? God, what are you wanting me to learn through this situation? God, what am I doing wrong? Expose my heart, Lord, so that my thoughts and the intents of my heart may be acceptable in your sight, oh God. How are we supposed to cultivate a culture in the church of reverence and fear of the Lord if we won't slow down? If we move on without him, we don't even check to see if he's there or if he's pleased. He's just that good, guys, that he will move in our lives. He will even bless us sometimes when we're in disobedience because he's a good God. Never should that be the measuring stick of whether we are being pleasing to him. He wants us to know him. This is why scripture says eternal life is to know him. I don't want you to miss this. I don't want you to miss this. There's so much wisdom. There's so much. There's so much heart. There's so much love and truth and grace and all of the things just we have full access to in the realm of the spirit. We're not tapping into it at all because we won't slow down. We won't slow down long enough to know what's what to pay attention. This is why Jesus said to Mary when Martha was upset with her. She missed the moment. You have to understand, I I did this as a podcast. You have to understand Jesus is not against serving him. Think about that. He has told us to have divine service unto him. And in their culture, hospitality is a real thing. 
So was she technically doing anything wrong? No. And Jesus didn't even necessarily rebuke her when she came to him frustrated because she was weary from doing all the things while Mary was just being. She was like, Lord, tell her to help me. And it makes me want to cry because, again, I can imagine Jesus just saying, friend, like you're missing it. You're missing it. She has chosen the good thing, the good portion, the thing that is necessary for you to get it right. What you're doing in the kitchen and all these things is an outflow of sitting at my feet. Remember what Jesus said to the devil in the wilderness. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. How do we expect to be a people who live by the words that proceed out of the mouth of God? The living word, not just the word that we read in the Bible, the living word. Guys, how are we to be those people if we are finding our hunger satisfied in natural things, number one, and also if we don't sit at his feet and hang at his every word? We've done that with human beings where we've hung on their every word, yet we don't do that with our precious heavenly father. And I'm convicted, y'all, the deeper I get into the realm of the spirit, the more convicted I am the more grieved I am in my spirit in the most beautiful way of equally of his goodness that is so patient with us to get and grab a hold of it and the grief that we have missed it. It's not about being against anyone or against any church or against anything. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be. It just doesn't have to be. Those who are willing to take a pause, to reevaluate. Are you really holding what's valuable to the kingdom of God and God's heart of great value in your life? Are you really listening for the still small voice to say to you, this is the way, walk in it? Are you like David saying, let these things that are in my heart be acceptable in your sight, O God? Search my heart and my mind. Are you being taught of Christ? Taught daily, chastened daily. He's so good, y'all, that even in a rebuke, even in discipline, he's calling us up higher. That's all he's doing. He's calling us up higher to say, my child, you're missing everything that I have for you. You have full access and you can't even see it. Because you're still in the realm of the natural. You're still so carnal, carnally minded, which is at enmity with the Lord. For it will not submit to the things of God. And we don't even mean to be, and he knows that. He knows the difference between the heart that is fully rejecting him and the heart that desires him but doesn't understand the design. But friend, can I submit to you today, you are not going to understand the design and you are surely not going to be a person who is able to consistently live and move and have your being in the position in which you've been given in Christ if you will not slow down, if you will not become a man after God's own heart above all things, including the doing for him. 
There's so much more, y'all. There is so much more. And I'm not talking about the signs and wonders and all of those things. Those are an outflow and a demonstration of the kingdom and our piece of this puzzle, yes. But guys, the inward transformation, the life laid down, the following in the footstep, hanging out in his dust, as we call it, because following a rabbi in the first century, you you were walking in his dust. I want to walk in his dust, the dust of his feet, his precious feet, to hit me, to want to hang on his every word, to know him, to know him is eternal life. I was actually going to go somewhere else. I'll have to do that in the next episode. But since the spirit just has me going this way, I'm just reminded of Paul. Oh, I can't wait to meet Paul in the kingdom, y'all, because he has blessed my soul. David is another one. But Paul, the very man who persecuted the church and thought he was working for God because he was caught up in religion. So much so that he totally missed it. And when he met Jesus on the Damascus road, he was wrecked for the rest of his life. And he said, I count all things as loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. He was determined, y'all, for Christ to be formed in him. That is the goal first and foremost, is that Christ be formed in you. And I just, again, in slowing down, I'm convinced that will not happen practically. Positionally, it's done. There's nothing you can do for that. But the manifestation and the advancement of that, meaning that it starts in you and then it begins to outflow and affect others, guys, will not happen without us getting back into the design of God. I will be satisfied, guys, with nothing less than God's design. I will be satisfied with nothing less than what the word of God has shown me was his pattern for the church. And in order, and in order, I pray, I pray that this has stirred you up to the very same because we are living so beneath what God has so graciously given us. So, Heavenly Father, I just, I thank you. I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. Oh, I thank you for what you have done for us, God, for the access into the realm of the Spirit that you have given us, for the fresh eyesight that we could have, for the understanding and the wisdom that we have access to, God. For a love that is supernatural, Lord, that comes to us from you and then flows through us to others. Oh God, give us an undivided heart. Put us back into order so that we can flow in your design and not be satisfied in bearing some fruit and fruit that will not be sustainable or remain. There's a reason that that scripture didn't just say that we would bear fruit, but that the fruit would remain that there would be an eternal weight and an eternal glory, an eternal value, an eternal result 
to the things that we do and the way in which we live. I just believe that in childlike faith. I just do because the word of God tells me that this is what you intended. So God, I pray that those who are under the sound of my voice, that there would be a hunger and a thirst stirred up in them, God, that would not be satisfied until we see the restoration of what you designed for your church, for your bride, for us as individuals, followers of Christ, those who are professing to know you, God, that we would be satisfied with nothing less than really and truly knowing you. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us to walk with you. Jesus walked with you. Every moment of every day, he was walking with you. It's the oneness, God. It's the oneness. Unity is an outflow of oneness, but oneness comes first. Oneness comes first. (laughs) That just hit me. It's oneness. Oneness comes first. Jesus prayed for us in John 17 that we would be one as he was one with his father. Then, and only then, would the world know that he was sent. Oh, God. This revelation that's literally happening right now is an answer to Jesus' prayer. (sighs) Help us, Lord. Oh, help us, Lord. oneness may we have oneness god may that be that that be the cry of our hearts in agreement with jesus's prayer which i'm sure hasn't changed today as he stands at the right hand of the throne interceding on our behalves oneness oh god let it be according to your word in jesus name i pray amen